Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sports Hub. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stop, stupid socks. It's Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Is that quarterback that you saw at Alabama, I mean, is he still in there somewhere? Yeah, he's he still broken? in there. He is. He's got one, he's in the most f***ed up situation of any quarterback in football the last two years. I don't think we, we, we can't take that lightly. Right. And then, you know, whether it's the situation and then the talent around him is nothing special. I mean, he has no receiver that can do anything, you know, above like the coach said to run here and I run there. Right. They can't do anything. You know, the run game's okay. He does have to improve his throwing from a power standpoint. There's too many softballs and lobs thrown by Mac Jones. You know, there's too many balls where I go, ooh, he's open, and, oh, it just got knocked out of the guy's hands just as he was catching it. He's got to learn to throw the ball with a little more power and pace, right? And I think that's the adjustment he has to make. But the way they're playing, the way they're set up right now is not set up for success for Mac Jones by any stretch of the imagination, as we've talked about a million times. The reason McDaniels liked him, the reason Shanahan liked him, because they knew we can give him a million plays, a million rules, he'll do it all, he'll be like a coach on the field, he can process it, and he'll go to the right place with the ball, like a Brock Purdy, right? But he's a, he's a broken puppy right now. He is. He's got the fan base on him, he's got a coach that's not supporting him, you know, he's got... You know, a backup quarterback that he knows is not as good as him, but the fan base is yelling for him, and it's just a horrible situation. So I'm sure he's a little down in the dumps and ruined, and he's going to have to have somebody else rebuild him here. And I don't think it's going to be this coaching regime, that's for sure. Chris Sims yesterday on Mac Jones, the broken puppy, and what he's surrounded by, which he called the most effed up situation in football. What did he say? Yep. The most effed up offense in the NFL is something along those lines. The most f***ed up situation at any quarterback in football the last two years. The most effed up situation in football for any quarterback the last couple of years. That's a way to get us into a big boy Tuesday. Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal joining us from our Town Fair Tire Studios. We've got Joe Murray in our update studios. How is everybody? Good. 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 Would you uh, concur, Greg, that this is the most effed up situation in football? Absolutely. And I think I tweeted that out. Uh, yesterday after watching the offensive film that it's just a, it's a bleeping crap show on offense. I've, 
I never thought it would get this bad um, for this offense in particular. I mean, they are – this is as bad as I've seen in NFL offense. This is worse than the Matt Patricia offense. It certainly is. And, you know, the reasons for it, it's it's hard for me to put a finger on it. It's it's a rough watch. I mean, this is basically what they're doing at this point, trying to get Mac Jones going, is they are going to Zach Wilson Jets level offense and maybe even worse. It's like the worst of the Jets and the Mac Canada Steelers offense, like, you know, married together. And it's just, it's awful. It's it's quite clear that the coaches have no answers on how to get more production on offense. It is just, it's in complete disrepair. Um, you know, Mac Jones at this point is just, he's not even close to the same player that he was at any point. And I think it's... I think we said this after the Colts game that I thought it was he was broke. It's over. Sit him. Move on. Get to next season with him or whatever you're going to do in the offseason. It's just at this point, it's completely broken. Can you give me an example? A play or a sequence of plays that stands out or a player that stands out when you talk about just how bad it's gotten? Well, Can I, I you mean, give me just a sample? I, you know, one of the biggest things is this receiving core – and I mean, look, the whole thing is a mess. If if they might block one play well, and then Cole Strange completely whiffs and uh, on a block, and and Mac throws an interception, but you know, just the receivers, the routes, the precision, the timing. There was when Bailey Zappi uh, took a sack at one point in the, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Tyquan Thornton and Ramondre Stevenson almost ran into each other. That's what the stuff that we saw last year. The uh, Devontae Parker early on third down. There's it's it's the incompletion that they had on third down. I think on the first drive of the game, it's Devontae Parker is X ISO. There's four receivers on the other side of the field. There's one cornerback way off of Devontae Parker. The, there's one middle of the field safety. He has to shade sort of where the Patriots have, you know, four other guys just in case they the Patriots run a little screen there. And it's a basic play. This should be a layup for 98% of NFL offenses. But there's two problems on the play. Number one, the cornerback, uh, I forget, number 22, he he's one-on-one with Devontae Parker. He knows he doesn't have, like, any help at all. If that is a dangerous receiver, that cornerback is backing off, getting ready. He's afraid he might blow by me and it might be a touchdown. There is zero fear in that cornerback that Devontae Parker is going to run by him. Rightfully so. And and so what does he do? He sits on the route. He waits for the in cut. And guess what? Devontae Parker stumbles coming out of his, coming out of his cut. It, you know, there are other things where, you know, Demario Douglas, that, that third down where Mack threw it sort of out of bounds, that was actually a good ball. Demario Douglas, you know, it was a little holding, what have you. I don't know if he ran that route right. I mean, just the way I watch it, it this seems like, the, at least on film, the dumbest receiving core that I've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, I, you know, and, and I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's the players. I think it's a marriage of both. And it's just completely incompetent at this point. And look, I'm not absolving Mac Jones of anything. 
Thought he should have been done after the Colts game. Should certainly be done. I'm not even getting in any sort of zappy argument. Whatever. Matt Jones is cooked. He's cooked. He's done. Okay, but why aren't you getting any sort of zappy argument? What would you like to argue? Well, we'll get to that. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, But, yeah, I just think that it's... The whole thing is completely broken. They're try- they can't even run basic plays. It is the worst offense I've ever seen in the NFL. Now, the I haven't watched every situation at any quarterback in football the yeah. last two years. And, I, you know, I, I'm saying it. Chris Sims is saying it. Dan Orlovsky is saying it. Like, it's just, I, I don't know how it's fallen to this point. It's a, it's a marriage of personnel, coaching, all this stuff. It's just completely broken. Since uh, uh, Greg mentioned Orlovsky, can I just share that tweet with you? Oh, yeah, too? go ahead. I was just okay. going to read it myself. Be- because, oh, you have it. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Go. Or, well, but first of all, Bedard's tweet, Patriots offensive film was effing brutal. And he spelled out the word. Not sure even what to say at this point. Orlovsky's tweet. The Patriots offensive tape is absolutely awful. Poor designs, poor timing, poor spacing, poor details and execution, poor rhythm. Guys doing things differently consistently. Very little why to doing things. It's about as bad as it can get at the NFL level. Your thoughts, Mass? Oh, legit, I agree. And, and also and also the Chris Sims comment on top of it. Like, you add it all together. They're all saying the same thing. Everybody's saying the same thing. It's the worst thing I've seen. So my point is, this is now, you know, this is now a widespread national pandemic. Everybody looks at it with regard to the uh, the Patriots and says, the analysis is all the same. And that comment that we played from Sims, where he says, what was it? A coach that is... A, how did he phrase it with with well, the most Jones? most effed up situation in football the last two years? But he also said he, Mac Jones has a coach that doesn't it, believe in him or something. Something like that. Like Sims is kind of a Belichick guy. Like that was uh, that's a bad comment to hear. Okay, basically it's a big boy Tuesday. State of the team. Your thoughts at six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. Joe Murray in our update studio. Joe, who are we leaving out of this analysis? Uh, the guy who took full responsibility today for the problems, Bill O'Brien, took full responsibility, said the issues were, were his. Um, you know, I always felt this way going back to Alabama. I'm not going to take a victory lap, but I said that that was not going to improve it and hasn't. Um, but is all the issues Bill O'Brien's fault? No. And clearly there's a, a talent issue on the team. Uh, that's what we're coming away with. I just don't think they lost the game this week because of talent. Like I, that's that's just how I feel about it. Like you, no, 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 no. You're right about that. This is one of the few weeks where you could say this is not about talent. The Giants don't have better players than you, or they're not any worse. You can say they're the same. So it, this was not a talent thing. Uh, uh, this particular game. Go ahead. Yeah, and just just you know not not going for the win. It just shows that the coaches like they they didn't want to win this week. Therefore, like what are we doing anymore? Like what are we doing here? I know there's a show to do every single day, but not naming the quarterback. Like, not going for a win. Now you have the Chargers, who Bill Belichick has beat twice, and Justin Herbert. And, like, their coach is now on the hot seat. So let's go what back are to Bill O'Brien. Let's go, but, okay. let's go back to Bill O'Brien. Uh, so did we just totally miss the mark on this guy, Joe? Yeah, so they put up 40 points a game at Alabama. And if you watched it, there was a lot of issues around. I'm sorry, the, this year or the uh, A year before. Now he had Bryce Young, as we know that. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. But that was all Bryce Young and their receivers and players. Look what Jalen Milrow is doing this year with Alabama. I know they struggled against Auburn the other night, but they won the game. Like, they went for the shot at the end of the game and won it, and it could potentially win the game. All I'm saying with Bill O'Brien is his play calls around the red zone, him running the ball seven times in a row and then throwing it, 
caused an interception last year with, with Bryce Young in big games. It's happened consistently with Mac Jones. And then the whole Bailey Zappi thing, this is not a pro-Bailey Zappi comment coming from me. He's never believed in the kid, and that's on him. That's on Bill O'Brien. He never believed him. Does he know the system? Who cares? He just never gave him an opportunity. Mac Jones got ruined because of Bill Belichick. Bailey Zappi got ruined because of Bill O'Brien. Greg Bedard, your response? Um, my response about Zappi is um, he he never earned anybody's trust. I mean, he he, he wasn't good on the practice field all summer. Um, he is not an NFL quarterback. I mean, that, that we're even talking about him just shows more about Belichick's personnel failings on offense. Um, Bill O'Brien, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to uh, fervently defend him. I'll just say that, you know, in my time covering the league, covering the Patriots, uh, when Bill O'Brien was here, they went to, you know, another level with, you know, really good personnel, Gronk and Hernandez. I mean, that, that 2011 offense carried the team to a Super Bowl. Um when they had nothing on defense uh, in Houston, I just know from what I observed, they were uh, they were competent offenses, crappy quarterbacks, mostly crappy personnel. Um, he got Deshaun Watson to play at an unbelievably high level, the right. highest level he's ever played at in this league. So what's happened here? Why is that translated? You oh, know, if 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 he did a good job here and did a good job in Houston, which mm-hmm. I don't agree with. I mean, which I don't disagree with is what right. I mean to say. You know. I, I think he did a good, competent jobs both here with great personnel and in Houston with you know inconsistent personnel. Why is it? Why is it gotten so bad with him here? If you're asking it? my personal opinion, it is the personnel is atrocious and the coaching tra- staff is atrocious. I mean, he was only he only brought in one coach with him, Will Lawing, and between Hunter Henry and Pharaoh Brown, you would say those are probably two of the best players on the team as far as knowing what to do every other position. So you're saying he brought his tight end coach? Yeah, he brought his tight end coach, and the tight ends are playing well. I mean, even Bill Belichick put Gesicki as a wide receiver a couple weeks ago, so I put him with the wide receivers. Gesicki Ev- blows. Everything else is just it, it's crumbling. I mean, it, what they should have done was, okay, Bill O'Brien, you want to come in? You pick your coaching staff. Who do you want at offensive line? Who do you want at receivers? Who do you want at running back? Like We're going we're gonna to really try to get this fixed, and of course Belichick doesn't do that. You know, he just he doesn't want to invite anybody else that he doesn't know. He only his basically he he picks you know players from you know coaches that he knows, and then his assistant coaches. He's, he's like, who's close? Uh, oh yeah, Patricia. Yeah, you coach offense. So what you're saying is they didn't give O'Brien enough power. I don't think so. I mean, not to give a not to give a real um, shot, a real opinion on this is his operation. I just see personnel and coaching failings and there's only so much an offensive coordinator can do okay let's that's pick this, my opinion let's pick this up on the other side uh with your calls at 617-779-0985 looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry it's as easy as that If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Sports up. Ready or not, it's more Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Um, I'm just curious, as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, if you got to a point where you thought it would be best for Mac to sit a week or more or whatever, could you make that call? We... we... I don't make those calls. Um, you know, I don't think there's a chain of command, Karen. There's a chain of command. You know, the chain of command is Mr. Kraft at the top, right? Then, then it's Bill Belichick. And then I would say the assistant coaches are somewhere down in here. <laughs> so in that chain of command, do we have within that chain of command, especially on the coaching staff, do we have a lot of discussions? Yeah. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Like those are discussions that are very private that we talk about. There's Bill O'Brien today, once again invoking Robert Kraft when asked a football question. Your thoughts, Mess? Well, so look, I think it's clear that Kraft has had, has some say in these talks. That again, it's not an accident. The second time we can call it an accident the first time, or some people can. I don't, but you can call it an accident if you want. Once when it has the second time, when it happens the second time, how do you call it an accident? I mean, I think especially after he did it. Either is it last week or the week before? Exactly. And we all talked about it. So it's like the next time around to make sure that you don't put that thought in people's heads, you purposely leave Kraft out of that answer. Instead, he purposely put him in the answer. So, like, I mean, come on. I of, of course, I, I O'Brien's trying to tell you something there. That Kraft is involved in this in some way, shape, or form. And when Bill Belichick is asked the day after a game and the week of a game, what went into drafting a player three years before? And he answers the question by saying it was collaborative and everyone was with that, and as opposed to saying what he always says, which is, I just got off the field from yesterday or I'm just focused on the Chargers. These guys are telling us. It's right in your face. This is how they tell you things down there. And I'll tell you what. Kraft is involved in all this in some way, shape, or form, and they want you to know it. Yes, and you know what? And if he's not involved, in other words, if he's basically saying, no, Bill runs a football operation, I'm deferring to Bill, and then it goes down from there, it's still a mistake. It's still a responsibility of Kraft's. At this stage, the owner should be jumping in and saying, Stop playing the kid. Okay, so the side topic, you think Kraft is involved, should be involved. Yes. At this stage, yes, I do. I think when it comes to the quarterback, they're doing him a disservice by putting him out there. And if Kraft was involved in the selection of the player, then it's incumbent upon Kraft at this point to be more vocal and get Jones off the field. What's your thoughts on all this, big boy? So as far as Mac and Kraft's involvement in whether he should be playing or not, um, I think that it was Robert's responsibility up until now to ask the questions, you know, of Belichick, like this. You know, uh, so so what's the plan? What are we going to do? 
And I am going to defer to Belichick that, and I think we talked about it last week, like I was leaving open the possibility that Bill looked at it or talked to Mac or what have you and said, you know, I think there's a reasonable chance with three or four days off that that's enough for him to clear his head and he'll be better after the break. And, you know, maybe practice indicated that to him. Um, I'm leaving that open. You know, obviously he made a wrong choice. It's just on top of every other wrong choice that he's done this entire year or basically going back two years where every decision he's made has been wrong. He made a wrong decision here. But at this point, if he's not willing to sit Mac Jones, when it's clear the Mac that we saw limp off the field in Germany is the same Mac that we see now, then Kraft needs to step in and say, sit him. He needs to sit. Make do with whatever else you have. I mean, it's time. Like, what are we doing? At some point, the owner can't wash his hands of it and say, you know, hey, this is my football guy runs the football operation. No, 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 no. It's your team. He works for you. If you feel strongly enough about the quarterback, then you step in and say, we're not playing him this way. Well, if or just if your head coach is off the rails, that's he is. That's where the owner. It's the owner's job to step in. It's just. Simple as that. I mean, it's got to get to a bad point, but I think we're kind of there with Bill Belichick. Give a thought, Joe, before I go to the Vols. Yeah, I think I think Bill Bel- uh, Robert Kraft already got involved in the offseason. Like, Matt Patricia was never fired. They sent out a, an email and said, hey, we're going to look for a new offensive coordinator, and it was Bill O'Brien. So I think Robert Kraft got involved then, and that's why my opinion on this whole entire season, this is Belichick saying, hey, you want to get involved with the coaching staff? This is what it looks like. I felt that way all along since the beginning the beginning of the season. Okay, to your thoughts, Mark in Easton. Go ahead, Mark. How you doing, fellas? Greg, you pointed this out, and I'm glad that you did, that this is the dumbest receiving core in football. because, And I'm sure you saw it on the film, and this was the moment where I realized that Bill probably has to leave. They line up in trips, and then they run like a shell game with each other where they can't figure out who's on the line, who's off the line, who's mm-hmm. the outside guy, who's the inside. I'm like, they can't even line up. And it's week 12. They can't line up. And they just like... Two or three times. Like, you know, and, 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 and I'm just cut you off, though. And what's amazing to me, Greg, is that these are the guys they wanted. You mm-hmm. know, the, the only one they're really missing is Kendrick Bourne. But, uh, and that's a, you know, I think their best receiver, but they had sort of de-emphasized. He was the third guy heading into the year, right? Wasn't he playing behind? Oh, yeah. He was in the doghouse to start this year. Okay. So it's, points. it's like they even valued him. But, yep. okay, I mean, I'll give you Kendrick Bourne for sure. Other than that, they started the year as, with Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster as their starting receivers. Demario Douglas popped, uh, sorry for the, uh, the pun on words, but he, he did. He popped in training camp, and everyone wanted him out there. He's out there. And Tyquan Thornton was the guy that you thought had something last year as a rookie coming into his second year. So by the time we get to whatever this was, week 11, week 12, Parker, Smith-Schuster, Demario Douglas, Tyquan Thornton, pretty much exactly what they would have wanted. Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, mm-hmm. exactly what they would have wanted. And it's like the gang that can't shoot straight. They don't even know where to go. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable to watch this group on film. Like the amount of like you, you guys, you see guys with their palms up. Like, what are we doing? Um, you know, what are they practicing during the week? What are they working on? I, it's just it's mind boggling to me. And you know, when when people talk about like, I think Tom Curran talked about like a flushing of the offense. And it, uh, now watching this and how long this has gone on and how many years like now now and I do have a lot of respect for Bill O'Brien and I think he he's good and but it's you got to pick one or two ways and this is sort of how we got here where Bill just sort of half asses it 
you know, just tries to go down the middle where it's like, all right, pick a freaking lane and go do it. If you have Mac Jones at quarterback, you know you need certain things. Go get it. If you're going to run a certain offense and it's complicated as far as, you know, changing the routes depending on the coverage and things like that, that's a staple of the Patriots offense, then go get smart receivers. Don't let the smartest guy in the room, Jacoby Myers, leave for nothing. Like, pick a freaking lane Make a decision and actually have a plan. I don't know how many times I come in here and scream about, like, have a plan and then go do it. Don't just half-ass it. And that's basically what's been going on here the last four or five years. Just quickly, I was telling you last week, the way O'Brien was talking, he looks at his team and says, we're stupid. We we can't look across the line of scrimmage, see what the defense is lined up, and realize what they want to take away. That was his comment. Secondly, to your point about the personnel being what they engineered, and, Mike, the, the one spot you could say got effed up because of injuries in what was the right side of the offensive line. And I think over the weekend, that might have been their best spot. They ran the ball right. In other words, they ended up better mm-hmm. on the right side of the offensive line and had all the original personnel they wanted. And they blow. <laughs> they blow. Oh, Chase in Hull. Uh, quickly, what do you got, Chase? Yeah, guys. Um, Greg. If we did get a top-notch receiver like a Hopkins, I mean, would it even matter with this type no. of QB roulette that we're playing at this point? I mean, well, it, let me stop you. If they had uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it wouldn't matter. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, plus he he's been in the system; he understands it. That's that makes it a better argument to bring in. You know, it might have helped a little bit. Like I, I was for Devontae Parker's contract. You could have just cut him and not paid anything. I was in favor of taking that money. I think it was like $6 million and putting it on DeAndre Hopkins. You swap out DeAndre Hopkins for Parker, it's better. But that's just a shell game. Well, I mean, let me answer. At this point, nothing really. It's such a disaster. No yes. one person. But early on, mm-hmm. early on, if Hopkins makes a play and you beat Philly or you beat Miami and you go to the Jets and you're 2-1 after three weeks, the whole thing maybe feels different. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and you just have a just there's just a different trajectory on the season, and that like that's the only path that I really have that you know I, if you drop him John D. Hopkins into this team right now, of course n- nothing's going to change anything. Now it's over. Early on, he could have made a difference, if, and that would have changed the whole look of the thing. If they would have started with DeAndre Hopkins, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, sure, drafted a tackle, sure. And drafted a young tight end to be ready for the next. They would be in much better shape as a as a football team right now, and we'd be talking about them going for the playoffs instead of just circling the toilet bowl. And if the queen had balls, uh, we've got an update from Joe Murray. Uh, we'll zip through the three up, three down quickly, and continue with your calls on this football team. Don't go anywhere. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. This is how Boston sports fans drive home. Oh my God, please. Well, listen, yelling at each other. Those people should squat in hell. Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. And now it's time for three up. Touchdown! 
Nice drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, Greg Bedard and his ilk getting hazard pay. Oof. Having to go in and watch the freaking brutal, man. <laughs> this game again. Enough. You had to do it once. Just two years, two and a half years of this. Holy smokes. So it is time for three up, three down with Greg Bedard, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Let's just give me all three at once. Three up for the Patriots in this game. Uh, Greg, you go first. Christian Barmore, Anthony Jennings, and Trent Brown were my three up in this game. So give me a thought. Uh, Barmore's I, I mean, been Barmore's just game. been tremendous. I mean, the Giants' offensive line is freaking horrible. Justin Pugh is probably the worst offensive lineman. Poo-poo for Pugh. Great name. Yes. Uh, he sold horrible. But uh, he, he dominated again. Barmore's been been a great player for them this season. Uh, another slow start for him, but he's really picked it up. Jennings collected a lot of trash, but did a good job. I mean, he's always been good on the edge. And Trent Brown, I thought, played really well, uh, as opposed to Connor McDermott, who played, I think, eight eight snaps and gave up a half a sack and a quarterback hit in those eight snaps. Barmore, Keon White, Jabril Peppers. I went with those three. I'm not a Peppers fan, but I'll tell you what, overall, he gives you legit effort every week pretty much like that I like. Who was your third up there, Greg? Trent Brown. Trent Brown, so he's actually – so he didn't start, Mm -hmm. but so do we think – what do you think was up with that? Well, I asked both Connor and Trent after the game about that, and Connor said the plan was for Trent to rotate in. And I do think Connor made a uh, an appearance again. I don't think he he was benched for the rest of the game. He said it wasn't per, for performance, but that was the plan going in. Okay, three down, all at once. Uh, Mac Jones, I had him for uh, one plus play, seven minus plays. I mean, the two turnovers. There are a lot of issues on. Uh, I mean, plus, he had to fumble. A lot of issues on the interceptions, but the the bottom line is he has the ball in his hands. He has to take care of it. Either the first one he just needed to throw away. I think that he was tr- that's what he was trying to do, but that's a that's a clear throw away or scramble. the 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 other one he just needed to take the sack. There was a there was a breakdown with the blocking, and Demario Douglas didn't turn around. He's running a route down the field like a, a an unblocked guy didn't run just just run by him. Uh, but Mac has to eat the ball and take the sack and get the field goal. Give me two and three. Oh, uh, uh, Tyquan Thornton, he's awful. Um, I want to do a Maz. Like, he sucks. He blows. Uh, that sort of thing. And Connor McDermott, you know, like I said, uh, two minus plays and eight snaps. I mean, it's just not good enough. J.C. Jackson, Mac Jones, Mike Kosicki, honorable mention, Chad Ryland, Bailey Zappi, Tyquan Thornton. Suck, suck, suck. Suck, suck, suck. Joe Murray, you want to play along? They nailed it. They nailed it. The only the only other good I'll give you is I thought Ramondre Stevenson ran hard, and they went away from that. And I think they they even said it after that Germany game. Zeke Elliott, right? Okay. Oh, let's run the football. Where's Bill O'Brien on your three up, three down? There were a few. He he's probably well if, for th- this thing. Should they have run the ball more? Yes. Greg, they would have won the game if they didn't throw the ball once. Greg, should they have run the ball more? Well, I. D- Yes, in theory, but I'm just saying because these guys, they're all the same. They view these quick games as an extension of the, the, of the run game. I understand that. Yeah. 
Okay, well, first, first half, they dropped back to pass 22 times to 13 runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I know they view the quick game as an extension, but it's not. They're not running I, behind an offensive line. You know, <laughs> I've been arguing this since covering Mike McCarthy in Green Bay when McCarthy used to do the same thing. They think their, their quick game, their screen game, it's that's not. an extension of the run game, and I just disagree. No, the, the run game involves the offensive line. Mm-hmm. The quick game does involves a receiver. I mean, no Dexter yeah. Lawrence out there. You know, run the ball down their throats. I mean, really, this was a game where they should have run. I don't care. Just get in the, I don't care, full house backfield, 75% run, 25% pass. Make it as simple as possible, and, and they're just, they just can't do it at this point. Should have been the Buffalo game playing in the wind. Yeah, I would have been fine Same with that. Honestly. Yeah, really. They threw three passes. Should have been a similar kind of thing. Paul and Fairhaven. They don't think do any. Paul and Fairhaven, you want to follow up on Thornton? Hey, guys, thanks for the call. Hey, real quick, when they, you know, they drafted Twycon Thornton as part of that quote-unquote speed draft, and they have not developed him as a, as a deep threat. A Bill O'Brien keeps using him in five- or ten-yard passes. It's really aggravating, and I'd just like to know your opinion on that. Okay, your opinion on that. I don't think he knows how to play the position, point blank. I think he is a runner. Sometimes he catches the ball. I just don't think he knows how to play receiver, certainly in this offense. He needs to go to an offense where it's just the play is what it's drawn up. Like you are running down the field, you're running a post, you're running an out. That's not the way this offense is. If you don't get smart receivers in here, don't run this offense. Like flush it, bring in the Shanahan system, something simpler, because I don't think the the, the college players are getting any brighter Either that, you just have to. Well, who who are the most successful receivers here in recent times? Julian Edelman, who was a college quarterback, and Jacoby Myers, who was a college quarterback. Go draft a bunch of those guys. And you look at uh, the league. I know scoring sound, but still, you look around the league and the number of receivers that come out of college and can play now. I feel like receiver is the league is bursting at the seams with quality receivers, and you can't pick a single one. Like you're the only team that can't. You fall out of the boat and miss the water. It's, it's because the, the college schemes are so simple at this point. That's what you're getting from the receivers coming out of the college game. But the Patriots run a very complicated passing offense, and, and it's just either you you need to do a great job of picking the exact receivers, which they obviously haven't done, or you need to think about changing the scheme. B. <laughs> By the Time way, ba- scheme. Baylor receivers have not been successful in the NFL. I think Josh Gordon's the only one. Do you want to call him a success? <laughs> what a disaster so, that guy was. So, uh, of all the simple college offenses, they run among the simplest, from what we understand, right? Yes. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, though, is that the the Patriots are still tied into this, you know, complex way of doing things, and nobody can play it except for Brady, you know, and what well, and the players that he was working with. All right, uh, more of your thoughts on the state of the Patriots with the big boy right after these words in our long commercial-free segment. You know that education changes lives, but did you know you can get a degree at Cambridge College while you work full-time? It's because their programs are designed for busy adults with flexible schedules, 24-7 support, and affordable tuition. Plus, at Cambridge College, you can go at your own pace, which is helpful because, you know, life Whether you're considering a degree or certificate, you owe it to yourself to check out Cambridge College. Ready to change your future? Get started today at cambridgecollege.edu. Now, more of the show that gets Boston home. Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Brian, can I just say this? Bill Belichick, please stop. 
Just name your dang starter. It doesn't matter. They both stink. Whether it's Zappy, Peashooter Jones, we don't care. They stink. Just just go ahead and save the drama. Like, we care about your team. Your team stinks. And, and, and I will say this. The, they do stink. This team plays like they're exhausted. Mm. And the Patriot way, that's it. Mm-hmm. It exhausts these kids. That's true. And Tom Brady was the only reason you won anyway. All right? I'm just telling you the difference. Woo! I said from jump, never win again. I said they would never win again when that guy trotted down to Tampa. All right. When it came out. All right. Because I know how draining that is to those kids. And that that is what you're facing right now. You pick all the players. You do all this. Bill Belichick, greatest in the history. I will never dispute that. Okay, I had my ass kicked by him a million times. But if you think for a minute that it wasn't about Tom Brady, you're absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's that Rex Ryan sound that we played yesterday has been going around. And I'll just say, Greg, I'll reiterate what I said yesterday. I think Bill Belichick deserves this. And people are really piling on him now and sort of coming back to the, well, see, it wasn't Bill. And. I think this is really something that is specific to Belichick. In other words, if Patrick Mahomes retired or moved on or something and Andy Reid started having a hard time and not winning, I don't think you would have people lined up to say, see, it was always the quarterback and not the coach. Because it feels to me like Andy Reid accepts that, doesn't really engage in that thing. It feels to me like there's just a, a far more humble approach. Again, this is from the outside. If I covered him every day, maybe I'd feel different. But I don't get the whiff that Andy Reid is telling you about the Chiefs' way or the system or that th- that that's a storyline or that he's injecting himself into that thing. And so I think Bill's the one that made it a thing. Bill and his ilk. And, and the way these coaches talk and the, this, this, this um, you know, how they just grovel for credit and, and, and how sensitive they are to that. And I think Bill really brought this on himself. And so I think it's deserved. In other words, as I've been saying, I think Bill started it, <laughs> frankly. And that's just what I think. I think other coaches, if the quarterback moved on, you wouldn't get this. I mean, I don't know if he deserves it or you know, could you say he brought it on? Yeah. I mean, about the Andy Reid thing, I think if you asked Andy Reid, like after the fact, say Mahomes retires, Andy Reid keeps going and he, he doesn't really have a whole lot of success. Like I'm Andy Reid would be the first one to tell you like Patrick Holmes was pretty, Patrick Mahomes was pretty damn good. I didn't win anything until I had Patrick Mahomes. I lost my quarterback is what he would say. Yeah. And that's, you can't win without that guy. But I just, I do think that in general, and I don't know how many of these guys, like, you know, does, but you've heard tales about all these guys who have been here, who have coached other players. I mean, the Matt Patricia thing about the play that, oh my God. I have one of the great plays in Super Bowl history. I mean, come on. It's embarrassing. This is how they think. This is how they, this, so that's a perfect example of, what I think, you know, Belichick is getting what he deserves here. He brought this on himself because of this, again, this just insatiable need for credit and who did what. And that was my play. And we practiced that on Friday. And the system and the Patriot way, the Patriot way, the Patriot way, the Patriot way, the Patriot way. I don't hear anything about the Chiefs way. Do I? Does that, does that phrase exist no. out there? No. No. Because there, there's an acceptance that it's about, 
you know, a special player that dropped into their lap. And, and the thing about Andy is that, and I don't know this, I don't know a ton of guys in Kansas City, but, you know, from the outside looking in from what I do know, you know, Andy, whether it was whether it was in Philly when, you know, Roseman and other people were there or um, in in Kansas City where he has Veach as the general manager, like Andy is just fine being like, you guys pick the players and then I'll cook the meal. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, this is what I love to do. I love to coach ball. He didn't have – he doesn't have the ego where I have to control every single thing that happens in an organization. And I think that's why you see, you know, people more, let's see, say happier about the success that Andy Reid has than, say, Bill Belichick. Yeah, and they won't be lined up to take him down when things go the other way. Because mm-hmm. he was, again, how he carries himself in the moment. So it's all just a long way of saying I think Bill asked for this. Anyway, back to your thoughts. Jeff and Newton. Yes, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I have two questions for Greg. Um, the first, um, when they hired Adrian Clem, you had mentioned that Pittsburgh let him go in the middle of the season. So the first question is, how important are position coaches, and are there some that are really good that the Patriots could hire from another team? Okay, well, more on this coaching stuff. I'll just stop the caller there. Thank you. Okay, so um... – you know, as far as Adrian Clem, yes, I brought that up. And, and, you know, what happened was he was an assistant offensive line in Pittsburgh, and then um, they parted ways with that guy, and Clem got the head job. From what I understand, like, it wasn't it wasn't that he was bad at his job. It just wasn't a good fit, and I think it, it, it affected things. And it was going towards Clem wasn't going to be brought back, and he started looking for another job, found another job. Tomlin got wind of it and said, you can go. You can go now, and then they ended up uh, because we want closing vol- because we want volunteers, right? Not hostages. Um, to the question that that Jeff had, are there good assistant coaches and bad assistant coaches? A hundred percent, yes. Um, I think the development, uh, and all you have to do is look at the individual development of players, and and ask yourself about this coaching staff. Who has gotten better here in the last couple of years? Um, you know, across all positions, and that's sort of where you get it. I mean, I've I've covered a lot um some excellent uh positional coaches i mean look dante skarnecki is number one ivan fears was tremendous i think i think if you look at the and, and i wrote something this weekend or, or last week about how things got this bad and and i talked to a bunch of people around the patriots around the league and the two areas that they pointed to were coaching and personnel and i mean when you go from which is really the same thing, but in different departments. Right. I mean, yeah. look, when the Patriots were in their heyday, and give Bill credit, when he got a chance to do this again, he concocted and put together an elite coaching staff. I mean, in 2004, Charlie Weiss, Dante Scarnecchia, Josh McDaniels was the quarterback's coach slash OC in waiting or in development. Ivan Fears at running back. Brian Dayball was the wide receivers coach. And Def- Jeff Davidson was tight end slash O-line, and Jeff Davidson went on to be an excellent offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator in this league. You left out Romeo Cronell. Oh, and Romeo, well, I was just looking at offense, sorry. And on defense, they had a ton of guys. Uh, Cronell, Mangini. Pepper Johnson, I, I think. think. Was Rob Ryan the linebackers coach that year or was it the previous year? He was in there for a right. time. Sounds right. But right. I give Bill credit. Like when, when he got a chance to set up his own shop, he said, I am going to surround myself with the best coaching staff possible the front office was aligned with Pioli and, and and you know all those guys who were understudies Dimitrov and all these guys and what had what how had his excuse me how far it has fallen to where they are now 
across the board. You want to know why the Patriots are here? Look at the coaching staff. Look at the front office from where they were in their heyday to where they are now. And then, and and a lot of people, a lot of people want to make excuses for Bill. Just say, well, you know, people went other places. People got hired. Like that's not entirely correct. And plus, Bill started out with the premise of I'm going to hire a bunch of good people, but I'm going to get the next people ready. And guess what? When Charlie Weiss went to Notre Dame, Josh McDaniels was ready, and they didn't skip a beat. And they've just cut too many corners. They've just. They had Mangini ready when Romeo Cornell got a job. But they've just cut too many corners where they've hired too many people based on nepotism or who they know. They've taken on too many free salaries. They've cheaped out in too many places. Ownership deserves mention in all of this. The whole organization has just cut way too many corners from top to bottom. And it's part of the reason they're here. Uh, that's something I, I think has become clear over the years. Uh, we continue with your thoughts after the uh, update here from uh, Joe Murray. I just want to tell you real quick, this Friday... This Friday, a lot of people you've been asking about what we're doing for Christmas in the city this year. Well, this is where it starts. We have a couple things coming. The first thing is this. Friday, this Friday, we'll be at Legacy Place in Dedham. Uh, starting at 1 p.m., okay, hour before show uh, showtime, we'll be doing a meet and greet and toy, uh, toy drive. So we'll be accepting your toy donations, taking pictures, whatever, kissing babies, shaking hands, whatever the case may be. All right, so it's a meet and greet with Felger and Maz starting at 1 o'clock. On Friday at Legacy Place, it's at the Travis Matthews store, great golf apparel store. Bring in a new unwrapped toy, and we'll gladly accept it. Bring in a donation. We'll, un- we'll gladly accept it. Uh, starting at 2, and during the regular show, from 2 to 6, we'll be broadcasting live from inside King's Dining and Entertainment right next door. But you can still come by with donations until 6 o'clock. So join us for the meet and greet from 1 to 2, or during the show from 2 to 6. You can visit christmasinthecity.org for a full list of suggested toys or to donate. Since 1989, by way of introduction, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Christmas in the City has been a 100% volunteer-run organization dedicated to bringing holiday magic to children living in homeless shelters across the Boston area. He's the brainchild of the late, great Jake Kennedy, and it continues to this day. His family continues their efforts in this great local Boston charity. So we invite all of our listeners to join us and to support Christmas in the City's mission. Every donation, big and small, goes straight to providing joy, dignity, and the magic of holidays that all these kids deserve. Basically, in a nutshell, you wouldn't believe it, but there's kids who don't just, they just don't get to experience Christmas. And Christmas in the City does that for them. For more info on Legacy Place, the region's leading shopping and dining destination, visit LegacyPlace.com. Again, update 90 seconds. the right solutions start with the right questions. Like, how do we deliver clean, reliable, affordable energy? For today and tomorrow. Southern Company, building the future of energy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Maz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Two things. Okay. One, Mac Jones is broken. Mm. Everyone knows my feelings on Mac Jones. Yep. He's broken. You should sit him. It, th- this year is, is a yeah. complete, he's, he's broken down. Two, you can say whatever about me that you want. If you watch the end of that game, they get down into field goal range right around the 30-yard line with like a minute to go. Settle. And they completely play for a game-tying field goal. Yep. They have two wins. Mm. So, again, say whatever you want. I'm implying whatever you think I'm implying. Mm-hmm. To get down and two-win team 
and not try to go, go win that Bill. game, right. that's then Who that on that team gets ridiculous. to go to Bill Belichick, go to Bill O'Brien, and say, trust me, you don't trust anybody. Nobody gets but to don't walk you up to try the- to go win the game? Of course. Yeah, I, I Absolutely. think you try to go win the game, but you're gun shy, right? You're scared because you know that you can't. You're scared they're going to throw it to the other team. And the thing is, it actually don't matter because you ain't good anyway. Right, you got two wins. So it's like that's my thing is I, I understand your point, RC, but you have whether you win or like, if you lose, it's just another loss. Hey. You do all that work to try to go win the game. And when you watch it live, you're going, wait, why aren't they trying to throw the ball? Right. They totally said we're going to try to tie the game with a minute to go. Get up conversation out here with Dan Orlovsky. It's hour two, Big Boy Tuesday. Greg Bedard in our Tom Ferretti Studios. Joe Murray in our Update Studio. This just sort of speaks to me. As you have a thought on that? I, look again. I just think what they did at the end of the game. That Orlovsky's dead on. Bill's playing not to lose. He doesn't trust his team. He doesn't trust them. Like at that point, what's the point? Let's play for ties. Why? Well, I, I read that as was he implying that Bill purposely lost the game? I, yes, that's what he's implying. Okay. I mean. That could w- very well be the case, and I and I know I think you guys had the discussion yesterday, and and Maz, you brought it up about how you know Bill should be fired now, and and there are certain upsides to that. Um, if I'm only open to that scenario, if the crafts, if Bill's going to run Mac Jones out there again, then I think then then it's open to it. I still that's the I really do not want to do that. I want to avoid that at all costs. But if Bill, if Bill runs Mac Jones out there again, I think he is trying to prove a, prove a point to somebody. He doesn't care about anybody but himself and the point he's trying to make. And he is putting Mac Jones in a terrible position, along with his along with his players. You know, you would think, and we've heard this sporadically over the years, that Bill Belichick uh, has a leadership council or he talks to his captains or things like that. Mm. You would think. And I'm not saying Bill has to listen to his players, but you would think a normal coach, wouldn't you think where the team is right now, questions about the quarterback, does he have the room, are these guys playing for him? I mean, Mike Lombardi on his podcast absolutely annihilated Mac Jones in terms of um, that that the players basically don't believe in him. I mean, just annihilated him. Don't don't you think it's a, it, it's prudent for Belichick? Shouldn't he pull aside David Andrews and Hunter Henry, the two other offensive captains, in a normal operation on a normal team on a functional, healthy, somewhat football team? That that coach at some point would just pull him aside and be like, "So what do you think? How do you think Max doing? What about the room? What about the guys? You know, what do you think if I run him back out there again? What do you think? Would you rather go with Bailey? What about Malik Cunningham? By the way." The offense that they're running back right now, Malik Cunningham can run that, and with the running option, um, Bill Belichick did none of that. You know, didn't I mean I asked Hunter Henry point blank on the podium, like you know, did did Bill ask for your opinion? He said no. I mean, what the hell is going on down there? What kind of what kind of football team is this? What kind of organization is this? And if Bill continues to do this and he runs Mac Jones out there when everybody with functioning eyes, knows that he is broken and done, if he runs him back out there again, then yes, I think the crafts have to entertain letting him go. So and maybe he's maybe he's trying to do that. So what is – so maybe he's trying to get himself fired. So that he can yeah. line up his next act, yeah. be free, mm. free yeah. agent, maybe yeah. somebody else with Belichick out there, does somebody else make a move to let somebody go? And he gets the money. 
Well, I mean, no, I'm I don't saying really get, it, I, he doesn't even have to sacrifice. Greg, whether, whether that's the right. driving force or not, he doesn't have to sacrifice anything in the process. He gets his money. Yeah, I just I he think, could resign. Right. I, I if think he resigns, though, he doesn't get his money. Exactly. I, yeah, he has enough money. I think the whole. Oh, that's I, a, you're you're looking at it wrong. L- let me just make a point. Everyone with a lot of money has a lot of money. I, I, they still want more. It's I just know. the way people are wired. But like, I'm just saying from the crafts perspective, like in. in you know, whatever you beliefs you have about them, like at the bottom line, Bill's money, compensation, does anybody really give a crap? At the end of the day, does it matter what you get? How many draft picks has this franchise just thrown away? Let alone with the cheating scandals, for crying out loud. Agreed. Like, who cares if you get compensation for Bill Belichick? At the end of the day, what does a second round, third round pick matter? I agree with you a thousand percent. Do you think it matters to the crafts? I don't know. I, I'm not getting into that. I don't yes. care. The, the bottom line is well, it shouldn't. Getting into what? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I don't know what you think I think of them. Uh, I think ba- they bear some responsibility for how this has gone. And I'd just be sure to give it to them. And one of the few things they're in charge of is the money. And so I think it's fair to assess an owner on how they spend. That's all I do. But I think in general, they're good owners and make good decisions. On balance, that's what I think of them overall. So I don't know why you don't want to get into that. I mean, what, what, why do you think? How do you think the crafts feel about it? I mean, why is that in off? You know, why, why should that be off the table? I, I just think it misses the point. I, th- I don't. I don't think it's, it's. Well, it's the only point. I mean, if if you believe, you know, we shouldn't quibble about draft pick compensation or what happens to the contract. I mean, I agree. The only ones that affects are the owners. So that's that's who we should be assessing on that story. Right, but I'm just telling you, like I, like you know, you have me on here to give my opinion, and my opinion is it shouldn't matter to anybody, you know, and whether it matters to the crafts, that's that's if it ultimately matters to them, that's their fault, and they're being bad owners, bad stewards of this franchise that has thousands and thousands of loyal fans that want to see a better product on the field, that realize a vast majority of them realize that. Bill, love you for the six Super Bowl titles, but the fact of the matter is he is basically Tom Landry here at the end. I mean, I put together the 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 records of the three other legends, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, Tom Landry. You know, Don Shula, and, and look, this is skewed, but the fact of the matter is Don Shula didn't have a losing season in his last four years. He was winning at a 60% clip. He made the playoffs three times in his last four years and won, and won two playoff games. Okay, say what you want about Dan Marino and things like that. He also had personnel power. He was in charge of the roster. He picked all the players. He got pushed out winning 60% of his games. Okay, Chuck Knoll had two losing seasons in his last four. He won uh, he, he won one playoff berth, won a playoff game, winning percentage of basically 48%. Tom Landry limped to the finish. Losing seasons three out of the same uh, three out of the last four years same of same as Belichick one playoff berth no wins same as Belichick Landry I think he finished three and thirteen his final year which Bill's on his way to Landry won forty two percent of his games in the last four years Belichick is at forty three and a half percent I never ever thought it would get to this point but if you're if you're arguing that what we're watching is something different and it's somebody else's fault and it's Mac Jones fault. Like he's in charge. He's it's his entire football operations, personnel, coaching decisions. Everything is on bill Belichick, just like Don, John, Don Shula, Chuck Nolan Landry didn't even have personnel powers. 
And those guys got got pushed out basically for doing what the same thing or better than what Belichick's doing. I mean, if we're talking inglorious finishes, this is up there. Well, okay, this is up there. And I'm not, for legends, right? I'm not talking about some, you know, Brandon Staley who gives a rat's ass at the end of the day. To get back to your point on the crafts, okay, to me, it's pretty simple. They have to win the deal. They, they, you know, they're obsessed with winning the deal. And again, you can take that as a criticism. You can take it as reality. But they're more interested in winning the deal and the negotiation, just like they are with every contract, that at this stage, cut bait, move on. Do what's best for your football team. It's a sunk cost at this point. It absolutely is. He's hurting the team right now. To me, and this is the only argument, Greg, for, for doing it now. Look at what he's doing to Mac Jones. The guy, the guy's a mental case. Yes, Joe. If Bill Belichick is trying to get fired, is Robert Kraft not doing it? Like, like, is what's his involvement in this? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, to just to this, I, I do wonder if the posturing and the leveraging is begun. Fire me. We're not going to fire you. You have to quit. Well, I'm not quitting. Mac Jones is starting. Uh, you know, and it's like that. Well, if we fire you, we can't trade you, and we owe you the money. So fire me. We're not going to fire me. Then quit. I'm not quitting. You owe me the money. I'm in charge of the football team. Like, is that crap going on? Yes. Well, just to be, just to be clear, <laughs> no, essentially, just yeah, look at the outcome yeah. of the last game. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not. Essentially, it is. Yes, in the posturing sense, they're not sitting nose to nose and going, "I want you to no, resign. no, no, no. I, I want you to fire me." But effectively, I think that's what's happening here. Yes. Just just to be clear, I don't think that to this point, Bill is actively trying to get fired. Um, I'm just saying, like, if he starts Mac Jones again on Sunday, then it enters into the conversation. I mean, for them to lose, you know, uh, let's see. You know, they beat the Bill. Uh, most of their games since the Saints game have been closed. They've been competitive. They just can't do anything on offense. And if if Bill continues to run the quarterback out there who is obviously broken, then I do think that you have to consider that he is just he has ulterior motives for what he's doing other than what's in the best interest of the team. And as soon as that stops, then the crafts have to entertain a nuclear option. I think that's what he did this weekend. Me too. I, I think we're already past that point. Yeah, Greg. I, I, I think we're getting there, but I need to see it one more time. No, I don't. Me neither. He did the fact that he did it this past weekend was enough for me and Greg the key moment was after the second pick. If you wanted to argue that Jones should have stayed in the game after the first pick, right. I'd argue with you, but fine. Okay, after the second one, indisputable to take him out of that game and he put him back. And, and it's hard to argue because he put Bailey Zappi the week before into a worse situation with no timeouts in the game on the line. This time, it was about the same amount of time with I think they had two timeouts left before halftime. Like, if you're going to put Zappi in, in in Germany, then you put him in in that circumstance. All right, let's uh, take a quick pause on this and do 10 questions with the big boy, and then we'll get back to your call, so don't go anywhere. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening I listen to you every day to Felger and Matt. I think this is a moral law on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, 10 questions with Bedard. Got to be uh, quick because we're late. Nine minutes to do it. What are our buzzer options, uh, Jimmy? I am so ticked off at Bill Belichick. He's lousy. He's a bastard. Ah, the bastard. Next. <laughs> hey, I was never a big fan of yours, but like a fungus, you've grown on me over time. Yes, that's right. Between your toes. Next. Guys. Oh, Sam Howell. <laughs> Maz and Murray sing the hits, yes? How does that make sense? It, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matt McCarthy and Ted Johnson. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, it was a good harmony there. A little twerp. You suck too, pal. You (laughs) both suck. Could be referring to anyone, really. Zappy. In this case, it's Bailey Zappy. Next. A little twerp. You suck too, pal. You both suck. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, number 10. If you were a generic NFL team looking to start over at quarterback, who would you most want to give a second chance to? Justin Fields? Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson? Mac Jones, if I'm Kyle Shanahan in that sort of offense. You're right. Just because I, I was going to say Justin Fields, but I I don't know whether he can complete NFL passes. I don't know that yet. I, I know Mac Jones can with the right personnel and right uh, offense around him. You're on crack. <laughs> Seriously, Justin Fields, and I'll tell you why. Of those four guys, he's the best leader. He's the best leader of those four. Trey Lance, there's no, no, there's no blueprint on him or anything, and I think he still can play in this league. Next. Hey, I was never a big fan of yours, but like a fungus you've grown on me over time. There's a fungus among us. Number nine, Greg Olson reportedly has interest in the Panthers head coaching job. Greg Olson, the former tight end current broadcaster. Would you give him a look, Greg? And if you had to pick one current broadcaster or media guy to come out of the booth and coach a team, who would it be? By the way, Justin Other Fields, than yourself. Justin Fields is a great leader at 7-26. and 26. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want Greg Olson unless – what does he know about coaching? Like, he would have to prove to me that he knows anything about coaching. It's not like, you know, Jeff Saturday just, you know, showing up on the sideline. Uh, I would want Troy Aikman to run my team. I think that he would be smart enough just to be a CEO, put the right guys in charge of offense and defense and, and, the, and the coaching staff, and let them do their work. No on Olsen, uh, Devin McCourty. I'd put Devin McCourty. I think McCourty would be a hell of a coach. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I think Olsen can. Look at the tight ends who've done well. Uh, tight ends can coach in this league. Dan Campbell's one of them. Next. 
I am so ticked off at Bill Belichick. He's lousy. He's a bastard. Number eight. I don't, I don't think we've done this all year. Give me your top five quarterbacks in the league in order, Greg. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, uh, C.J. Stroud. Ooh. Fifth? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wow. And no Jalen Hurts, no Dak Prescott. Go ahead. Yeah, Dak was close. I, I'm not a Hurts guy. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Prescott. No Jalen Hurts? No Jalen Hurts. You want to talk about leading? You want to talk about uh, Yeah, he's a good leader. Balls of steel. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, we have QB rankings, 985thesportsup.com. Mahomes, Prescott, Hurts, Tua, Lamar. Hurts belongs in there. And I still don't know if he's an elite passer. You know, I said I need he's to He's a good leader. I need to see more. That fellow's a winner. I, I'm I'm just about ready. I know he hasn't won a championship, but I'm just about ready to put that. No, he's 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 a winner with the best offensive line in the game, a run game, um, a good scheme, and a bunch of weapons on the outside. Okay. Like I mean, the, these guys that I put in there, they all have less options. They oh. all have less around them. Oh, you're like those is, guys are proving your list is better. Yes. Okay. <laughs> fair, well, fair enough. Next. How does that make sense? It, it doesn't. doesn't. Number seven. What team in the league do you most admire? Who do you want to be? I wanted to go with the Chiefs, but I ended up going with the Dolphins just because I think they're fun to watch on offense, and um, and McDaniel did a really good job of bringing Vic Fangio in. I think they're the most balanced and you know being in Miami and that sort of thing. You know what? I also wanted to go with the Chiefs, and I did go with the Chiefs. Chiefs. Green Bay Packers. They build from within through the draft. They have great receivers. Hopefully their quarterback can get there. Ugh. One on Thanksgiving. Ugh. They beat the, the Lions. Joe Murray, I think you have a future in this business. Let me just tell you, I like the way you're progressing as a broadcaster. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> a good one. I mean, I thought it would be yeah. right up your alley, Greg. O-line, D-line. It's not so quarterback-centric, yet the quarterback is tough, is a leader, uh, wins. They win. They've. They've. Uh, I. I don't know what the exact stat is, but I think they've trailed coming out of half the last four games and have won them all. I think uh, the reason I didn't pick them is I find them kind of boring. Their games are slow. They're boring. Okay, I but I, I think they know that quarter that elusive thing. They know how to win. They know how to win. And they're also probably the most one of the most talented teams in the league. It's easy to win when you have a lot of talent, yeah. and your GM actually does his job. So I mean, I so I put that on the list. They draft well. They spend when they have to spend. They keep the guys that they want to keep. It's a good one. You know, I mean, I, I just think they do a lot of things right. So I, I don't know. That's who I think you'd want to be. Well, you don't need to thread the needle and have that elite once-in-a-generation quarterback fall into your lap. You can win at a high level with something a little less. Like, that's who ultimately you should all aspire to be because the Brady-Mahomes thing falling out of the sky is one in a million. You're not going to get that guy. Hertz is 24-2 and two in his last 26 regular season games. I mean, you start paying attention to that. I'm not, I still don't know if he's an elite NFL passer. but was Garoppolo in San Francisco? He can quarterback my team Similar. any day of the week. Are you done talking now? Next. <laughs> Am I on this show or what? Go! Barely. Guys, oh, Sam Howell. Just I talk, you talk. Number six. <laughs> what team in the league do you least admire? Who is in the worst shape now and going forward? The Patriots. I mean, look, you have to replace a legend. You need a complete rebuild. You're nowhere on offense. Boring as hell. I mean, what's the upside? Arizona, I'm sorry. I would never want to be Arizona. At least the fan base here cares. Arizona, oh, F5, you can blow the whole state up as far as I'm concerned. New Orleans Saints. 
Just they paid all that money, the car, they have no upside. Okay. I I, I think it can't be last year because the ownership is still good. As much as we scrutinize them and all that, that's still a legit ownership group. And I can't say the same about Arizona. I oh. can't say the same about Carolina. I can't say the same about the Bozo Bensons down in New Orleans. Like, I think that's important to consider. Oh, Arizona blows. Next. Hey, I was never a big fan of yours, but like a fungus you've grown on me over time. <laughs> Biggest tool bag moment of uh, this is a, a, a tool bag question. Biggest tool bag moment of your TV football Thanksgiving weekend. Jason Garrett on Sunday Night Football. He was horrendous. Oh my God! How did they put that guy on TV? What did he do specifically? I mean, he was just boring as hell. He was rolling out cliches. He's laughing at his own. <laughs> like he's awful. <laughs> the fail Mary. I gotta go. The fail Mary. I mean, for the for the Jets to give that up. Is as embarrassing as it gets, and the the highlights of Sanchez running his face and was it Damian Woody's ass? Yeah, yeah. Like that was just that was priceless. I was gonna say the Patriots wildcat, but not having a turkey leg for Jordan Love. They didn't have a turkey leg for him. Everyone needs a damn turkey leg. They didn't have a turkey leg for him in the post game. They didn't have a turkey leg. That is embarrassing. A, that's a lack of uh, respect right there. If I ever heard of one, uh, Holly did this on TV last night. I all co-sign the. The in-game, and I know this wasn't on Thanksgiving Day, or but I'm including it. The Rob Gronkowski, Michael Strahan, oh yeah, in-game chit chat, so bad, so awkward, so forced. Like, I, I mean, someone's got to take a whole different approach with Rob Gronkowski. And, I, fe- I felt bad for Strahan and figure that guy. Someone's got to figure out how to use Rob Gronkowski because with the suit and tie in the studio role, I'm so, I'm sorry, man. It just you, he, he, you can't have him there. It just doesn't work there. Mike, but the thing is that they put that on during the Patriots-Giants game while they were playing. In the middle of the game. that they Someone decided that would be better than watching the Patriots and the Giants, and I don't think that they were wrong. Oh, it almost was, and it was that bad. Right, next. The little twerp. You suck too, pal. Last week. You in, both suck. Last week, sorry, Maz, in my dream Super Bowl matchup, I had the Chiefs and Dolphins squaring off in the game. I think we missed we one. Missed one. The highlight. Well, number four. What was the highlight of your TV football Thanksgiving weekend? The fail Mary. I laughed my ass off. It, it, that was the only thing that entertained me. I thought just a horrible day of football. I hit a three-game parlay on Thanksgiving. I was happy about mm. that. Dolly Parton. <laughs> okay. Enough said. <laughs> Next. <laughs> How does that make sense? It, it doesn't. doesn't. All right. Last week in my dream Super Bowl matchup, I had the Chiefs and Dolphins squaring off in Vegas. Good call. Yeah, excellent call. Me. So let me just rephrase it now. What are your dream conference title games? Eagles Niners, which we're getting this weekend, uh, and Chiefs Dolphins. Uh, Baltimore KC Dallas Philly. Ravens Jaguars. Oh, just want to see oh, it. Jesus. That's gross. Yeah, not good. Oh, Too good QB. Jaguars. I like Trevor Lawrence. Next. <laughs> Guys. Oh, Sam Howell. Top five coaches in the league in order, big boy. Reed, Shanahan, Pete Carroll, Mike McDaniel, Nick Sirianni. Reed, Shanahan, McVay, Peyton, and then Tomlin, Harbaugh, Sirianni. Uh, interesting that Peyton gets back into that group. Uh, Reed, Shanahan, Sirianni, Harbaugh, and McVay. Next. Guys. Oh, Sam, Sam Howell. Howell. Number one, after Sunday's game against the Chargers, the Pats' next three games are all standalone, primetime, national TV games. At Pittsburgh Thursday night, home Kansas City Monday night, at Denver on Christmas Eve. 
Is this a good or bad thing? Oh, it's horrible. I mean, it's a, everything that the Patriots become is going to be on uh, on national television. They're going to be discussing it. They're going to be showing cr- uh, shots of Belichick and Kraft, and uh, it's it's bad for the brand. I actually think it might be good because I think it's going to force them to focus. Suffer a true bottom, a true bottoming out low point. Make it as depressing as you can. Because that stretch right there, I, I just I keep going back to it. Christmas Eve in Denver, losing in a game you know is going to be something like 16-3 to three, with them platooning Zappi and Malik Cunningham is going to be so depressing. And that'll be the cap of the three games. It might be good for him. And then you get myself and Bedard post-game. On <laughs> yes! All right. I'll make Woo! sure the kitties stay up for that one. All right. Back to your calls after Joe Murray's update. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100. And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Now more of Felger and Birch on the Sports Hub. What I laughed about was Bailey Zappi leads them on a touchdown drive, 11-play, 60-yard drive. He throws seven screens. I mean, literally, I think it was seven screens, and there was like two good runs. And I'm sure Mac Jones is on the sideline going, where the f*** were those screens when I was in the game? Why didn't we call those when I was in the game, right? More from Chris Sims saying it was a different offense when Zappi was in there. Do you concur, Greg? Do you agree Uh, with that analysis? Not exactly. Uh, To me, judging off the film, they went into this game with the game plan of, okay, Mac Jones is a – competent NFL quarterback that can we can have some semblance of a downfield passing game but as soon as he threw that first interception then they ran the screen offense I think like five of the next seven plays were quick games with him they started doing the same thing as with Zappi but Zappi's game plan they are deathly afraid of that guy they have no confidence in him it is uh do you think Zappi was better than Jones in this game uh yeah a little yeah I mean yeah, I had him for two plus throws and two minus plays, and uh, the interception and the near interception. I mean, he just wasn't no, no, tasked no. with doing very much. But he was better than Jones. Yeah. So can we talk about Bailey Zappi now? Is that all right? You mean aside from I said that he should start? He should have started this game. He should start next week. Yeah, no, he, yeah, I'll wrap that in the analysis. You, but it's okay Mike, if we I talk about Bailey t- Zappi now. I am happy to talk about Bailey. Joe Zappi Murray, can we talk about want. Bailey Zappi now? Or do you think we're allowed? Do you think the grand poobah of all football conversation will allow us to talk about you're the changing, backup quarterback? You're, ch- you're changing the goalposts again. This is not what we got, the discussion that we had in the offseason. The discussion in the offseason was about whether or not there was a quarterback competition. Would you say and there, there was not. Would you say there was not a quarterback competition the last couple of weeks? No, there was not. No, there wasn't. No. 
Oh, I, I'd actually agree with that. Oh, and, and listen, I, I thought we were onto something here, Joe. No, 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 no. Where, <laughs> where I'm going with it is no, no, no. Being dead serious, you've let me down. I, I, no, well, <laughs> I wanted okay. you to yell at Greg. My whole thing is this: like everybody wants to keep telling us, like Greg wants to tell us, Bailey Zappi can't play. I think that he sparks the team. I think he did his job this week, set the team up to either win the game or tie the game. He did his job. So Again, he once again did his job as the backup. Was it good? Was it pretty? No. Does he belong? No. Do I think anybody should? Maz can be the starter this Sunday. I, I just d- don't think it should be Mac Jones. It has nothing to do with Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones should not be the starter. And I wrote an article today. Maz, you got plenty of stats out there on this. He's been pulled five times in his career, yet he's been the starter four times after being pulled. All I will say is just the shaming, the public shaming that I, you, we, others got from the likes of Bedard or Curran or Gasper or my TV partner, Holly, for having the nerve to talk about the backup quarterbacks in August was just laughable that's not that's it's, not what the discussion was that's not why we august quit changing the conversation the to guys what who you were want. playing in the preseason games are the ones we're talking about and they were talked about in the context of huh could these guys be factors should they be factors and isn't it funny that we don't we don't even get to thanksgiving and people are talking about jones or zappy or jones or malik cunningham huh interesting then I would say maybe there was some reason to talk about it in August. Call me crazy. I'm Complete sorry. Complete and utter justification. Who, who was cut at the end of training camp? Who who wasn't even on the active roster the first week? It's not my fault. Oh, it's not your fault. So you, we should have been talking about a. We should have been talking about more about a quarterback who they cut and then put on the practice squad. I didn't say more. Just talking about. You know, Mike, uh, why, that, uh, why are you talking about him? Your guy, why are you talking about Yes, your, why? Your he got cut. Zappi. Because the fact is that Bailey Zappi's not all that far away from Mac Jones, which was my, the only thing I ever said. The gap between Jones and Zappi isn't that you're, big. You are completely changing the and conversation. I'm completely right. Do you, like, I can't. Do you go home and do you, like, believe yourself? Do you believe some of the crap that you put out there? He does. I mean, this is. This is this is ridiculous. You are changing the goalposts so much. Like it's not even generic. You just wanna you Joe, just wanna cry and whine and, Joe, and all this stuff. Ahead, Joe. I, I was just gonna say, Greg, in your defense, the they have never ever No, I never mind. Yeah, go, Joe, go. I'm on your go side. Ahead. No, I'm here. I'm on your side, Mike, because in your defense, they've never allowed a quarterback competition. Correct. They've never that was ever my whole allowed point. It. But they still to this day have never allowed it. And you're changing but, it. But but Mike. to Mike's point, we've always been on this one. Like, they, they should have allowed it. They should have allowed it when he threw how many picks when. He should have been cut, benched in week three or four or five. And I've just deferred to the people who were there. Joe went there for a day and said there is a quarterback competition, so I deferred to Joe. You told us he wasn't. Like, okay, right, there, there wasn't. wasn't. All right, fine. All I'm saying is all I've said from day one. The gap between Jones and Zappi is not huge. It's there. Mac Jones is better. Should be better. Felt like he was better. But it's not a huge gap, and this is the exact kind of team, the exact kind of situation where you should have been talking about the backups. There should have been open competition. That's what it should have been, as opposed to, again, Greg, you and your ilk 
carrying on like Mac Jones was some sort of sacred cow, no doubt. That's not no, what it was. That wasn't even, what it was. Not Mac. even worth discussing. You are lying. Other you are, guys. No, you are that's completely how, lying. That's how no, you people What we told yourself. you was there was no competition going on in the field. It is pointless to talk about, and we were right because Bailey Zappi got cut at the end isn't of the Isn't that interesting? Pointless yes, isn't it interesting that I was right the entire time, that's and now you're crying about it. It's now happening. Wow. Mm-hmm. Seems like someone had a point. Someone seems like someone was yeah, once was again right. ahead of the curve. Just say it, Bedard. You were right. There was no quarterback no, no. competition. We shouldn't have been talking about. This it. is why it's so painful. Because again, you, Gasper, Holly, Kern, we're right. The, the whole, All right. The whole, right. 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 Uh, the the, uh, the elite. The the elitism. Uh, the, the 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 football elite media just can't bring themselves to admit, huh? I guess maybe it was worth talking about those other guys back in training camp. Mike, just say the words. Bedard, you were right. The problem was the Patriots didn't have a quarterback competition when they should have had one. That's all I said from the beginning, and you know right. it. Right. So be mad at the Patriots, not at me, it's you numbskull. It's hard for these guys to, you know, because, again, they put themselves you know, on such Bailey a higher. Bailey Zappian is 48.7% completion Higher percentage. plane of football knowledge. Your whole point is that they never allowed this. Like, this – to your point, they should have been. There should have been a competition. They cut Zappy not because of his ability. That's the argument. No, they didn't. But he's cut too him much of a baby ability. to make that. They cut him because Bill O'Brien thinks he knows football now and knows the NFL and hasn't been here in years. Always and he sucks. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and he's sucks. so suspect. He's so suspect. He's still suspect. The fact he's still on the team and taking accountability and saying it's my fault and he's still here and still, oh, Malik Cunningham, he's going to get reps at quarterback and wide receiver. And today we find out he went to Louisville to work with him at receiver and quarterback. How about you pick one? Pick one. He can't do both. So pick one. He still sucks. See, Bedard and Murray haven't figured out the key to ending this argument. You're right, Mike. No. <laughs> it's so much simpler, isn't Never. it? It's so much easier. And then it's and then we and go on to and then you just drop the mic. And then we go Boom. then we go on to the next Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. So what? Um, so annoyed by this. So annoyed. 98.5 The Sports Hub. You've been around the league and coaching long enough to know that when a team's record is this, speculation begins on what changes might be made. Having been with Bill, having understood the reputation that he has as possibly the greatest coach in American professional sports history, is it painful to listen to speculation? Is it awkward? How, how do you respond to it? Yeah, I, I would say that um, I don't because you're so immersed in what you're doing, really, you know, you get up at, you know, five and you're, you're into the office and you're just working, 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 that you really don't, you really don't see all of that. Now, look, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, when you're, when you're home on a Saturday with your family or whatever, that you don't, you don't hear it or see it. Like, I understand that. But like, this is Bill Belichick we're talking about. Um, Bill Belichick has, has done so much for the game of football, the New England Patriots organization. It's football. We've lost some tight games. 
um, you know, to think about what he's done here in this organization, what he's done for this community, what he's done for this game, for the game, the game of football. He's been 50 years in the game of football. You know, just to me, like, I think everybody just needs to understand, look, we all, we all got to win. We got, we understand we're in a winning business. We're not winning right now, but, you know, I think you also got to step back and just, hey, look at what this guy's done for the game of football. I think that's very important to think about. More from Bill O'Brien today. Joe Murray, your thoughts? Just off the bat, here we go now. You asked if it was going to be good being on national TV the rest of the way here. This is what we're going to get, Bill ball washing from everybody the rest of the way. Juju Smith-Schuster signs his contract. I want to play with Bill Belichick. It's just everything was orchestrated from day one. You, you mentioned yesterday that they this was what they wanted at the beginning of the year. Well, this is their roster, yeah. So now like this is what it's going to be. Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. Well, Bill, he's the greatest. Like It's going to be Bill's the greatest for, the, for 40 more days or whatever it is. Bill's the greatest of all time, even though we're getting the worst football team of all time. I'll just say, in general, Bill O'Brien's been a, a disappointment to me on several levels. He sounds just like Patricia and Judge and one of these boot-licking, you know, sycophants of Bill Belichick. Every time he's asked about decision-making, well, that's not my call. That's Bill. That's Matt Groh. That's Robert Kraft. There's a hierarchy. There's a chain of command. He asks about Bill. He goes on and on for 90 seconds about the greatest of all time. It's like he's just another ass-kissing sycophant of Bill Belichick. And I don't think he is. I thought he, you know, it's just how it comes across. And it's like you've really got nothing... It's just the Bill O'Brien thing hasn't delivered. And, Greg, I think he's a competent guy. I'm not with Joe Murray. I don't think he's a bum. Uh, I always thought he was a good coordinator and a good coach and did okay in Houston. I don't have a big problem with Bill O'Brien. It's just this is not what I think anyone was hoping for. You know, there's been no improvement on offense. He hasn't reached Mac Jones. It's gone just in the opposite direction. And the whole way he carries himself is just another guy on his knees to Bill Belichick. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, do you really think Billy O'Brien, who who was other places before he came here and is probably the most successful Belichick tree head coach, you know, you put him in the same category as Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as far as they how they worship at Bill and just do our do Bill imitations? That's that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Look, he, he could avoid the question. I mean, he, he answered the question. I don't have a problem with his answer. I mean, is he going to pay tribute to him? Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, like doing anything that Bill wants. I mean, I just, that's, how he I answers, that's how he answers every question. No, I, th- I think well, compared to the whole know, chain of command thing, do, do, do we have to play that again? Like Sergeant, well, you don't you know, think that's true? It, 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 Lieutenant Belichick? Captain Belichick? I mean, you don't think that's true. What he what he said when he said like, you know, the 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 decision making is Mr. Kraft, Kraft yeah. Belichick and then we're down here. Yeah. You don't think he believes that? Yeah, oh, I mean he, he does, Greg, but I was hoping for more. I was hoping for more than him just being another, you know, underling down here who has zero influence he on the He told offense. us in the press conference today about what went wrong on the interceptions today. When do you ever get that from a Patriots assistant, and you want more, like, look, you can criticize Bill O'Brien all you want, but, like, I think he's been refreshing to the media. He's actually given somewhat real answers. Oh, well, I mean, I'll give you that. His Tuesday thing is more valuable than most of Belichick's stuff. That's true. 
Yeah, I mean that that's that's all I'm saying. And to put him in a category with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I think is completely that's unfair. What that answer sounded like right there, that might as well have been Matt Patricia. So to me, it's a reflection on Bill. Belichick. Yeah, he's, he demands it. Right, exactly. And this is why Kraft had to go with Billy O'Brien as opposed to someone outside of the circle. Because Bill's got to have someone there. Belichick has to have someone there that he trusts and is okay with. Otherwise, it just will completely break down and not work. Not that it worked, not that it mattered this year. But I just think that this is this is, as you would say, threading the needle with Bill, with Belichick. The right move to make at this stage, before this season, was to get rid of Belichick. Well, I hate to bring it to O'Brien, and he knows it too. He just had to talk the talk there. He he realizes the story, the story. Because I am not watching Oregon football. That can go F itself. The story. For Oregon the next, Washington could be a good game. game. I'm not watching it. For the next two months, <laughs> the next two months completely agree. is how Belichick ends here. How is he fired, traded, walks away, the leveraging, the posturing, if there is any. This is it. The, sto- the story of the next two months is Bill Belichick walking the plank. That's it. And you can do Oregon football on your own time. And how the crafts, you know, recreate the organization. Yeah, that whole thing. That whole transition mm-hmm. from Belichick. That's that. And, uh, well, mixing some college football, I suppose. Greg, thanks for coming by. Thanks, guys. Good it's to fun. have you, Greg. It's always good to have it's, you. It was fun. Again, so much. We've got uh, your calls. I want to mix in just a little bit of Bruins and Celtics next hour as well. So we'll start doing that after Murray. Joe Murray, there's a, a bubbling controversy on the Bruins, although not that you would know it. So, so we'll introduce you to that story. After uh, Joe Murray gets you updated here, 90 seconds, no commercials.